Welcome to Bang the Table Talks, a podcast that discusses the evolving world of community engagement. Explore and learn with us as we host conversations with leaders in community engagement, stakeholder consultation, and public participation. We'll discuss current trends, best practices, as well as tips, tools, and ideas for better engagement programs. Hello, everyone. My name is Stephanie, and I'm a participant at Bag the Table. It's my pleasure to welcome Jeff Wilson with me today. He's worked, he works at Nova Scotia Health Authority and is here today with us to share his insights about his online engagement site. So hi, Jeff. How are you? I'm great, Stephanie. Thanks for having me today. <laughs> great. Can you tell us more a little bit about yourself and your role in your organization? Sure. Um, so I've been working in patient and public engagement in healthcare now for about 13 years, uh, first with Capital Health, um, and that was a predecessor organization to the Nova Scotia Health Authority where I work now. In 2015, all of the health authorities in Nova Scotia merged together into one. So that's uh, how I came to work at Nova Scotia Health Authority. And before my work in public engagement, I worked primarily in communications in a variety of public sector settings. I guess I'd like to say that I've been fairly deeply involved in in, um, the International Association for Public Participation since about uh, 2007 as well, which I'm sure some of the listeners will identify with. So currently I'm the Director of Public Engagement and Community Health Board Support and in my role I'm responsible for the public engagement team which provides advice and support on engagement strategy and practice across uh, Nova Scotia's health system. The, the other team I manage is uh, the Community Health Board Support Team which is responsible for supporting a network of volunteer community advisors advisory boards across Nova Scotia, and uh, those boards advise Nova Scotia Health Authority on local health and wellness issues. A lot of public engagement happens through my shop. Yeah, I can see that. (laughs) And you have been a client for a while now with us, with Bank the Table, and using Engagement HQ. So I was wondering if your objectives have changed over in the use of your online space, which is called Engage for Health. Yes, so we've absolutely changed. I think we first began our relationship with Bang the Table and started using Engagement HQ as our online platform in 2015 when Nova Scotia Health Authority was just a brand new organization. At that time, our focus on the public engagement team was really on a single large-scale province-wide public engagement initiative, which was called Talk About Health. Originally, that uh, that project was supposed to be a three-year project aimed at getting Nova Scotians talking with the health authority and each other about how to improve the future health status of the population. In the first year of that project, we engaged about a thousand people uh, in 42 face-to-face meetings and then there were uh, we had about 9,000 contacts online through Engage for Health platform both engaged visitors as well as informed visitors. For this particular project it was really crucial that the engagement team had the ability to create and shape and respond to online interactions 
without needing to be dependent on our IT department for support. I think the ease of use of Engagement HQ to really get the project up and running quickly was a key factor in our decision to choose this particular platform. I think the other thing that really brought us to Engagement HQ as a platform was the fact that you know we had access to um, on-site training through your predecessor, Anthea, and then the extensive sort of round-the-clock user support was a big thing for us as well because we were all new this notion of online engagement and, and getting used to it. And then I guess after the first phase of talk about health, the health authority's organizational priorities shifted a little bit. And so we didn't follow through with the two subsequent phases. And so it required my team to sort of shift our focus really to supporting a multitude of what I would call program-specific projects and engagement initiatives. And then using uh, Engagement HQ, obviously, is the principal online tool to help our community health boards do their local planning consultation. We've done both like a province-wide involved project and as well evolved to where we're doing more shorter term uh, self-contained projects as well. We found that the platform works really well for just about everything we've needed it for. Well, it's so interesting to see the evolution and to learn about your different experience in online engagement. I also noticed that you recently launched an interesting project to renew your strategic plan. Can you tell us a little bit more about this project? So our first strategic plan was called Healthier Together, and it was a three-year plan that was launched in 2016 and expires this year, so in 2019. And our board of directors and executive determined that a lot of the original strategic plan from 2016 was still very much relevant, but there were some key elements that needed to be, you know, refreshed and revisited. In particular, they wanted to uh, look at a set of organizational values that we had identified in 2016. Those originally weren't uh, developed with a whole lot of consultation. And so the board and the executive felt that we really needed to go back out to the organization and to our stakeholders and our communities to really validate the values and the value statements with some broader range input. And as well, one of the strategic directions in the 2016 plan that related to uh, population health status improvement didn't really get much traction in the first plan. And it was determined that we really needed to refocus and reframe that strategic direction and getting input on that from a broad cross-section of staff and key stakeholders in the public was also very important to ensure that we weren't really leaving any good ideas behind. Right. And I saw that your online engagement was targeted to specific audiences. You have the general public, but you also had some projects that were closed for specific audiences. What was the value added of targeting the audience that way? Mm, yeah, no, that's a good question. You know, I <laughs> I think it's safe to say when, you know, you're talking about something like strategic planning, that it's really a rare breed of person who gets excited about that kind of stuff. I would hope that, you know, we would be looking for broad input, both from inside and outside of our organization. We knew that our outreach strategy had to include really multiple opportunities and methods, and that some audiences would be interested in different aspects of the strategic plan renewal and perhaps at different levels and would probably want to interact with us in in different ways. We created initially the closed space for our staff and our physician community uh, to allow them uh, the opportunity to really share openly and have, you know, 
very frank and forthright discussions with each other and with the organization in a space that was um, safe and secure and, you know, out of the glare of the public. And, you know, I think with that closed space, it also allowed us to use a greater number of tools so that we could offer to participants a variety of different ways to interact and allow them some choice in terms of how much time they wanted to spend on the site and how much depth they would want to go into and devote to the effort. Of course, we had an open public site as well, and that included a short survey and used the brainstorming tool to gather thoughts on one of the strategic directions as well. Great. So I can see that you had uh, different criteria for your different target audience and you designed different tools. So what were your criteria or your objective for the two different audiences that you had? You know, we wanted to hear about the experience that our staff and our physicians had working with the first plan. And we also wanted to give them the opportunity to offer, again, some detail and depth on where the next plan should be taking the organization. And so in the closed site, we used the storytelling tool that allowed people to talk about how they had used or not used the previous plan. We also created quite an extensive forum on the site uh, that was all, all to, to get into discussion about each of our organizational values, and uh, of which there are five and then some, some other broader questions around, you know, which of the values that people felt resonated with them most strongly. Our public-facing strategy was a little simpler and a little bit more straightforward in contrast to the internal strategy. And I think the reason why we chose to do it that way was because we couldn't assume that the public would necessarily be you know, as intimately familiar with the details of the first plan, that really drove our choices in terms of the number of and the types of tools that we selected. That's what did sort of the differences in the approach between the open and the, the closed sites. Yeah, because you have reached a specific community with the closed project, do you think that they felt more comfortable to contribute, knowing that only this targeted audience was involved and not the general public? Well, that was definitely our intention for sure. As I had mentioned previously, you know, the closed, that, that closed group for our staff and physicians, the, the intention behind that really was to provide an internal base for them to discuss and debate freely uh, amongst each other and, and also with the organizations. So, you know, absolutely, that was our intention. And what is the impact on your data? Do you see any differences in the type of information provided because of your different approach, your different strategy with uh, your two projects, one that was open and one that was closed? Mm -hmm. Well, I'll say a couple of things about that. The first thing is we did use different, some different tools and more extensive tools on the closed site because I think we wanted to hear from our internal audience what their experience had been to date with the health authorities' strategic plan. And that was, you know, that was a question that we didn't ask the public. I think the other piece is when you're doing these kinds of things, these kinds of consultations, I think, you know, you always hope to see that, you know, no matter who the audience is or what the technique you use, is that, you know, over, over the course of the consultation process, you begin to start to see some convergence of ideas and opinions from all of your audiences so that, you know, you're left with data that provides you with some clear choices and directions around, you know, how you're going to inform your future decisions. And in fact, that's 
what we started to experience, especially with uh, the work that we were doing on the value statements in particular. The open-ended comments that we received from our staff through the forum and through the storytelling tool, they were quite consistent with what we started to hear from the public. But because of the open-ended nature of those tools, it really added some additional dimension and context to the data that was really going to help us look more closely at the values and how to use them and change them in an appropriate way that would satisfy what we were hearing from people, but also to, you know, kind of give us some guidance in terms of ongoing internal engagement work that we knew we were going to need to do in order to keep the plan alive and ensure that those values were really shaping how the organization and its staff interacts with our patients and the public. Yeah, that's so interesting that you get internal buy-in at this point. It is. So now that you've been through the process on this project, would you have a recommendation for others that are thinking about combining open and protected projects? Do you go away with some insight? Mm, yeah, so uh, definitely. We only had, uh, I think it was about 217 participants use the internal site that we created, which is not a bad number, but considering that we have a uh, staff across the province of 24,000, we felt that it probably could have been a little bit higher. That being said, the quality of the information that we did receive was quite good. And and there was a good cross-section in terms of the kinds of people and positions that responded. I think, you know, for us, part of the barrier for people was just getting them to actually register and log into the site. And I think if I'm reflecting on what we could have done differently, if we'd taken more lead time before we actually launched the site, to get people registered and then promote the value of the internal site a little bit more uh, in a dedicated fashion, I think we probably would have gotten more participation than we did. Uh, We had a a fairly short period of time in which to do this, so that time was a, a little bit limited for us. While we have been using the platform for a few years now, we haven't really tried this approach before in such a broad way. I think sometimes in, you know, large organizations like ours, it it can take a while to get people accustomed to doing things in different ways. And I think that this was a factor that, that kind of played against us a little bit. If I was giving anybody else some advice, getting your audience comfortable with using the platform ahead of launching a major initiative like this would certainly help to address some of those barriers. Yeah, maybe use another project before your main project. Mm-hmm. So much is that you use protected projects for other segments of your audience, such as patients and family advisors. Is it the feature that is particularly interesting and useful for the health sector? Well, I'd say definitely um, in many ways it is, yes. I think one of the things that might be a little bit unique to doing engagement in the health sector is the notion of privacy runs very strongly throughout just about everything we do. I think often the issues that we deal with in the health sector can be intensely personal and intimate for people. And we found people really want to tell their stories, but they don't necessarily want to shout them from the rooftop for the whole world to hear. You know, so I think it's important when you're doing these consultations to be sensitive to that and to provide a certain level of privacy and and assurance for people around the fact that they can tell their story. You know, it may not be there for the whole world to see. I think like any other sector, though, we rely on people to be 
honest with us about their experiences to help us really learn and improve. So we need to find ways to encourage their honest feedback that's also safe for them. And that's, I think, what the closed space has created, uh, particularly for the project that you referenced around our patient family advisors. That space that we've created for them really addresses a couple of different engagement and, and um, communication needs with that group specifically. I'd say we have close to 200 of those patient family volunteers across the province, but they might work with one other or maybe two other volunteers on a, a specific committee or council. And they wouldn't necessarily, you know, as a large group get to interact a lot with each other. So I think this closed space provides not only an opportunity for us to ask them questions and poll them and do surveys, uh, share information, but it also allows them an opportunity to connect with each other and create a bit of a virtual community of support for themselves, like a peer support for themselves in terms of that volunteer role that they're playing. It creates opportunities for us as well to share information, but it's really, I think at the end of the day about allowing volunteers to connect um, with each other over the whole province and to uh, share their knowledge about the experience they're having with their committees and maybe exchanging some information to create a positive environment for everybody and create learning for everybody as well. That's great. I can also see on their page that you share resources with them. So they are Yes, that's two resources all the time. It's our plan too in the future for this particular space to use it on an ongoing basis because uh, we do an evaluation survey every year uh, with these people and we did our first comprehensive one this year. We didn't use the platform for that because uh, we hadn't set it up at that point, but it's our plan to use the space to conduct that evaluation survey on an ongoing basis on this site. So that will help us to drive more of the volunteers to go on and register and, and start to use the site. Yes, for sure. And I don't want to give the impression that you only have closed projects. You also have some open projects, for example, blood collection and patient entertainment and communication right now. So that being said, Jeff, is there anything particularly valuable that we may not have covered today that you would like to share with us? Yeah, I, you know, I, I think there are a couple of things, Stephanie. I think that what we're learning, and, uh, you know, it's taken us a little bit of time to, to come to this understanding, is that the more you use the online platform, the more that it will be in demand because we can actually show people what we're doing rather than tell them about it, you know, tell potential project clients about the benefits of it. We can point one of our internal program directors to the site and say, go and have a look at one of these other projects and then let's have a conversation about what you think you, you know, you might use this for or how it may benefit your initiative. You know, it's that old adage of it's better to show, not tell, right? I, I also think it's important to emphasize that having, you know, a very flexible online platform that we can use to conduct engagement activities, you know, that really supplements or complements our in-person activities is an absolute necessity in this day and age for an organization of our size and scope. I don't think we as a public engagement team would ever say, well, you know, the online site uh, replaces face-to-face -face engagement, but I think what we're coming to recognize for sure, it only makes sense, is that for certain audiences and particularly certain demographics, the online offering that as a consultation uh, mechanism is absolutely essential. As an organization, we conducted a survey in our province in 2015 and then repeated it again in 2018. And, you know, one of the questions that we asked was around how people wanted to be engaged. 
And over that three-year period between the times we did that survey, we have seen nearly a 30% increase in people's desire to engage with us in the online space versus in face-to-face meetings. And I think that's a huge leap in a short period of time from my perspective. And I think it's an enormous incentive for us to keep our online platform vital and active and you know reflective of all of the work that we're doing to engage with the community across the province. Very interesting and very interesting to see the evolution of your use of the online engagement space and how you've used the site. So I just want to uh, tell our audience to tell them the site again. It's engage4elt.ca. So engage for as a letter elt.ca. And I want to thank you so much, Jeff, for taking the time to tell us more about Nova Scotia Repository, the approach to online engagement. And your, particularly your strategic plan project was very interesting. When do you plan to close your project? With the strategic planning work, the, the input components are closed. We've left the projects open because we want to be able to share back a couple of the reports, which we're still kind of developing right now. And certainly with the internal, the closed internal site, we're going to probably use that on an ongoing basis as we begin to develop some tools and some practices around keeping the internal conversation about the values moving forward and fresh and probably sharing some education materials, but also getting people engaged in some reflective conversations about what it means to live the values and how they show up in their work every day. Wow, that's so good to know. It's a very strategic way of engaging your audience. And the next plan you do, you will have more participation. I'm sure we will. (laughs) Thank you again, Jeff, for taking the time today. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to Bang the Table Talks. Join us for future conversations as we explore the capacity and insight that online engagement has to offer. Check out our other learning resources at bangthetable.com.